Welcome to episode 89 of the Unstoppable Podcast with special guest Christian Thompson. My name is Dan J. Gregory and I am committed to hunting down the secrets of business mastery and human performance. My goal for the Unstoppable Podcast is to share insights from some of the most successful entrepreneurs, inspiring thought leaders, world-class athletes and prominent celebrities to help you to become unstoppable in business and life. Each week, I'll be bringing you a new interview with an inspiring person and sharing my own results as I pursue the answer to the question, how can I create the ultimate edge in my business, make a significant impact, and live an extraordinary life? Welcome to episode 89 of the Unstoppable Podcast, and this is the third interview in the New Year Transformation Series. New Year's Eve might seem quite a long way away now, but it's not too late to start a transformation in any area of your life if you haven't done so already. In fact, let's be honest, the date and time really is arbitrary. What happens when the clock strikes midnight on the 31st of December? You know, nothing really changes apart from the date. It's just some of the decisions that we make in that initial few days of the new year that that shape our future. So what matters is not the date or the time, but it's the decision to move forward and to make a change. So the unstoppable success formula that I live by is firstly to decide, to commit, to take action, and then to refine along the way until you reach your desired goal. But you'll notice it all begins with a decision. Now, one of the most popular decisions that people make at the beginning of a new year is the decision to transform their body. You know, this is The physical transformation is often one of the most popular things that people look to seek to change when the new year. And from a selfish point of view, January is probably my least favorite time of year when it comes to physical progress because like clockwork, each and every year, all of a sudden the gym goes from near empty to full for the entire month of January pretty much. But predictably by, in fact, roughly this time of year, you know, it's the 26th of January as I record this, it starts to get quieter and quieter as people's motivation drops. So yes, from a selfish point of view, it is frustrating to suddenly have to queue up for the machines or the weights in the gym. But it is my wish genuinely for everyone to pursue a higher standard when it comes to your own physical well-being and fitness. So with this in mind, it would be totally remiss for me to not cover physical transformation as part of this New Year series. So for you, I have got an absolute genius on the line for us today to talk about what it takes to become physically superhuman. And you don't need to have the goal to become superhuman. It's quite a lofty goal, though. Respect if you do. Welcome to the club. But if you at least have the desire to optimize an area of your physical performance in some way, then our guest today has the answers. Now, our guest is not satisfied with the base level, you know, standard traditional nutrition and fitness advice. Our guest today is relentlessly seeking to codify what it takes to become superhuman, to maximize our physical ability and experience as human beings, and to preserve our quality of life for as long as feasibly possible. The guy is a freaking genius. Now, I must say, I am genuinely fascinated about the concept of becoming superhuman. It is a personal desire to live a full life for as many years as I possibly can in order to achieve my vision and to experience the many wonders that the human race has at its fingertips on this planet, let alone beyond. So I'm delighted to introduce you to our special guest today. Our guest today is Christian Thompson. Christian is a body transformation coach and mentor from the UK, although that title really does not do him justice. And he uses physiological and neurological techniques to help others to create a pain-free, powerful body. Christian believes that inside every single one of us, there is a spark of greatness that is waiting to become the champion that they deserve to be. He uses the experience that he has gained from working with some of the world's top minds in physiology, neurology, nutrition, psychology, and physical movement to provide a proven roadmap for everyday people to follow. In this episode, Christian shares some unique ways to transform your body and steps to becoming superhuman. His passion and incredible knowledge make him truly unstoppable in his field, and he's just getting started. This guy's going to do such great things, and he's creating massive positive change in people's lives. 
And Christian is such a genius in this field that I genuinely did not know where to start when it came to the interview or even how to stay on track whilst interviewing him. His knowledge really put me to the test as an interviewer, so please do forgive me if you catch me jumping from topic to topic in this episode. I had so many questions to start with, let alone at the end of the episode when our time was over. You know, we actually had to sit down and say, well, I wanted to talk about all these things. He wanted to talk about all these things. So we decided that we were going to record two episodes worth of content. So this episode is part one of two, where you will begin by hearing Christian's amazing story of going against all the odds to become a world kickboxing champion and how he developed his obsession for becoming superhuman. And we're going to discuss how to become superhuman in all that you do and aim to do in your life how to feel great and understand the most essential aspects of how your body functions in the face of changing circumstances, how to achieve a superior body conditioning, and how to cleanse the body and understand the markers of overall physical health, plus literally so, so much more. This is an action-packed episode. So if you want to transform your body, then this episode is for you. You don't have to want to become superhuman, but if you do, you're going to absolutely love this session. It's packed full of amazing strategies and insights to help you go beyond the norm. So folks, it's a great pleasure to introduce you to my friend, Christian Thompson. Christian, welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. For reference to the listeners, I met Christian at a body transformation event uh, in London with one of my former former guests, Lazo Freeman. And wherever I went over the course of the weekend, there seemed to be these little mini breakout seminars congregating around Christian. And there's was, there was always a, a hive of activity. He was always teaching something, uh, walking around with um, the, the orange specs on, which I know very well. I used to wear those myself. So I was fascinated by this guy and when I got to meet him and hear about his journey and uh, his pursuit to become superhuman and teach others to become superhuman, I was fascinated. I said, I need to have you on the show. This is going to be fascinating and it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here and it's great to have you here as part of this January Transformation Series as well. So welcome to the show, Christian. Thank you, Dan. I mean, it's an uh, honor to be on the show after watching some or listening to some of the previous episodes you've done and the fantastic people we've had on before, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very honored to to be on the show and to be sharing whatever I have to share with you, with you and your audience. Awesome. It's my pleasure. So to kick us off, would you just mind sharing in your own words what, what you're doing right now, what, what you're all about? So the uh, best way to describe me is uh, a performance coach that uses psychological and neurological techniques to get pain-free, powerful bodies. And uh, what I am currently focusing on the most is actually running a membership site uh, called EQ. E- e- equilibrium transformations and this is geared towards helping others become the best versions of themselves aka superhuman nice. so what what i was doing and what i do and what i was just telling you before and uh, when we met before is i focus on decreasing uh the number of stresses in people's lives whether that would be uh auditory stresses in their lives emotional stresses um uh, light stimulus electromagnetic frequency stimulus, whether it be physical pain, physical stimulus, whether it be nutritional stimulus. It's just allowing our body to naturally be at its best. I mean, the, the body loves us. Our body loves us. It's a vessel we're carried in. And if we just allow it to do its job, it works perfectly. When we put things in its way, that it has to compensate in the best way possible. Uh, I don't believe the fact that any of these modern illnesses or diseases are actually our body failing i believe they're actually our body's best way of coping with a bad situation wow fascinating wow fascinating so, uh I, I guess you weren't born uh with this awareness so where did where, where did your journey begin christian oh geez it's a yeah, long 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 time ago but uh, i mean ever since a ki- uh, as a kid i was well when I, when I was when i was very young i was actually very very shy um very, very introverted, very to myself. And um, I would constantly ask questions to myself and no one else. Why, why is the, why are the leaves green? Why is the tree tall? Why, why does this happen? Why does that happen? Why is the sky blue? And I would introspectively think about things a lot. So I, I seem to have a natural intuitiveness to uh, a lot of things going on in my environment, but, uh, by no means was I the most intelligent person or the physic- most physically gifted, which um, may, may sound stranger to people 
knowing some of my background mm. about martial arts and various other things. But all of that took time and effort, which will come back to something on time and effort later as well. Cool. Um, but uh, so my story really started, um, I was dyslexic uh, and uh, I didn't do very well in school. So when I was young, uh, my parents fortunately were dyslexic as well and recognized this in me and put me into the Dyslexia Institute from a young age. Uh, so I, I got just about enough help to you know, pick myself back up to speed. But I was always sitting in between. I was fairly intelligent in terms of emotional intelligence uh, or, or just uh, street smarts and all the rest of it. But my academic levels were always much poorer. So I would have all my friends who would be the smarter kids in the, in the school and I'd be always stuck in the, in the groups with all, with, with, with all the either more mediocre or less intelligent kids in the school mm. academically. Again, you know, the academic intelligence wasn't always, isn't always the best um, measurement of someone. I agree. Uh, but I was, I was always stuck in this sort of middle ground. And my dad was a Michelin star chef and he used to work what we call AFDs. So uh, he used to like double shifts, triple shifts, everything. Um, and the time I got to spend with him was lying on the couch, watching bad martial arts movies on his day off <laughs> once a week. And he used to practice Wing Chun Kung Fu with uh, Grandmaster Victor Khan, who was uh, taught by it, uh, it Man and the same guy who taught Bruce Lee. In fact, he was in Bruce Lee's class. He was, he was a student with wow. Bruce Lee. Wow. So one day my dad asked me, he said, oh, do you want to go and try this? I said, oh, yeah, of course. Any time I would spend my dad or any time I would spend uh, around him or doing something in his gaze and his view was something I was interested in doing. So this is how I, my career in martial arts started. Mm. And this was a very big pivotal moment for me because martial arts is really what uh, – gave me my character as a person who, who, that gave me my opportunities growing up and to become the person I've become today. This was, this was the beginning. Um, life goes on, you know, still a shy teenager. In fact, I got quite overweight when I was a teenager from, from about the age of 12, 11, 12, I put on tons of weight wow. until about the age of 16. And I stopped doing all sports, everything, McDonald's, PlayStation, uh, again, just the uh, inside all the time. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, yeah. So I went from being uh, quite an athletic, still still shy, still quiet, but quite an athletic young young kid, to being a very unhealthy teenager, and uh, still having a almost pathological shyness. Mm. Uh, it wasn't till um, uh, about here about sixteen where I went back to martial arts and I had an opportunity to do kickboxing or karate as one of my sports GCSEs cool. and uh, when I went when I went through this I went back to my old uh, kickboxing instructor and I said oh this was January and I said oh I want uh, I need to get this this little, this standard by by May to get a 25 out of 25 of my GCSEs and he looked at me and he goes yeah I don't think so he says, okay, this is the grade you need to reach. This is what you need to do. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to tell you that you, it's going to happen. I don't think so. You're going to need to work very, very hard. It's, that's it. So I spent basically from that day onwards about three hours a day minimum in the, in the dojo, in the gym. Wow, practicing the, yeah, practicing the basic combinations, doing everything I could. So uh, the grade I was... Um, set was like the fourth grade i had to reach the fourth grade uh and i was currently on the first grade so i had to reach the fourth grade by within within five months to get this 25 out of 25 mm. i ended up re i ended up actually uh getting fifth grade by may by april wow. and on may the first for my first ever adult competition uh well first ever competition in general wow and uh i i won the men's section uh, the weight above what I was. Wow. So, because I accidentally entered all the wrong stuff because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I just uh, stood on the mats, scared out of my mind. Ah! 
there are people <laughs> running at you. Just go, oh, kick, yeah, punch. Oh, yeah. yeah, just uh, and somehow at the end of the day, I ended up in like people putting my hand up in the air. I kept winning. Wow. So I mean, that was that was kind of the first taste of success I really felt I had in my life. Mm. I mean, I'd done nice things before. I had great support from my family. I, I had nice friends. But that was the first time I truly felt like I had achieved something. And it was the first time I truly felt like I was worthwhile. Wow. And this is, this is something that's very important for people as well in their own journey, in their own story, is a lot of the times winning is habit. And when people struggle to find that first win and that first point where they really feel genuinely useful on this planet, that can be the reason why people always struggle to self-start. Wow. And that it's also the same reason why you have uh, these massive sports teams playing easy games in the friendly season, in the in the preseason for the friendlies, to start getting their, their the mentality right, to start getting into a winning attitude, to start Small getting wins, into yeah. yeah the winning habit, the winning streak. All these things are said by many many people. And it, it just it sounds too easy to be true, right? You know, if you just do one small thing and get into that winning feeling and then do another thing and then do another thing and then do another thing, you just start building that momentum. Stack the and again, yeah. And again, this was for me another big pivotal changing point. It was like, okay, I can do something. I'm valuable. I'm good at something. Yeah. And uh, so this sort of started me on towards that path. I carried on, became an instructor. I was uh, running a martial arts school for two years by the time I was 19. Wow. Uh, but literally by myself. Amazing. I was, uh, I was training and fighting with the British team. Um, I won a junior European title on the same, same year I started fighting. So I, my first fight was May. Amazing. Uh, and I somehow managed to wangle my way into a, jun a junior European title <laughs> fight in October. Epic. And uh, <laughs> with uh, two pulled hamstrings, I turned up to, and uh, and actually I was hungover on that day as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was uh, a girl I fancied's twenty uh, first birthday, so I thought I'd go along to that and then go along to the junior Europeans afterwards. Wow! So I turned up two pulled hamstring, hung hungover, fought in two separate categories, lost in the semi-finals of the of the first category to this uh, Polish guy that had come overseas to fight. Because fortunately the competition was in the UK. Mm. Uh, then uh, beat him in the finals of uh, the, the next category. Wow. So I went home with a, a gold and a bronze. Amazing. The hangover, yeah, obviously, so... the hangover obviously wore off <laughs> for the second bout. <laughs> it's something like that. I think, I, I think uh, by the time I fought, by the time we got to the finals, it was like 10 p.m. in the evening. Gosh. And I, I, I'd, I'd got there, I was like, you know, you know what, I'm hungover, I haven't slept, I'm tired, I haven't eaten all day properly because there was a sports arena and they had nothing there. I go, I'm hurt, I've been hit in the face, I'm not having this, what am I doing here, why am I here, I'm here to do something, I'm here to get something, and I just went, uh, so this is sort of what was going through my mind as, as I was coming to the finals. Wow. I got to the finals, uh, got, uh, sort of a bit beaten up in the first round by this guy, and it's like, there was three rounds. So I was like, oh, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> so I just sort of paced up and down the mats and just, just changed my mindset at that Amazing. moment. I was like, Go why am I here? What am I doing? This is mine. And it went straight back out and absolutely destroyed the guy for two more rounds. <laughs> Amazing. And there were people like, what, 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 what happened? Was just, Where the what the hell did that come from? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, since then, I was sort of um, watched as a fighter by some of the uh, sort of the higher level British coaches and so on and so forth. And I, I managed to get some, some really good results and become a very successful fighter. And there's many, many stories we can go through uh, on that. But I mean, that's sort of the beginning of, of, of how I gained my confidence and I gained my self-value. Amazing. When you but, say you were pretty good, I mean, don't do yourself an injustice. Your uh, track record is pretty incredible. What, talk, talk to us about what you uh, managed to accomplish in your career in, as a, in kickboxing. So uh, the biggest thing I, I did in kickboxing, realistically, was uh, I won a world title. Uh, technically, the weight, 
the weight above what I was normally for. Amazing. Um, uh, it, again, this is a story of I basically couldn't go for the weight I wanted to because I had retired for a year. And then I came back in because I wasn't happy with not winning a world title. So I, actually, no, I'm not happy with this. I'm coming back. I'm going to fight again. They say, you can't fight your weight. It's taken. I said, okay, what, what can I do? They said, you can fight the weight above. I went, okay, fight the weight above. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I won that. Um, I, I've, in total, I won, I think, about five uh, British titles for the main uh, governing body for kickboxing. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, there's numerous other international titles uh, and various other competitions and grand championships and super leagues and all, all this sorts of, uh, yeah, various names of titles that, uh, you know, they only mean stuff to people in the industry and yeah. in, in, in the circuit. But, yeah, I won a few things. Sounds impressive to me. Uh, so before we, before we kind of transition into what, what, what happened next, what, what did that kind of career in kickboxing teach you about mindset and success and achievement? And what did it teach you about yourself? Well, this is, this is very interesting, you see, because I'm a massive pacifist. Can't stand my violence at all. So <laughs> that sounds lucky. <like> <laughs> what, what, one of the things, uh, one of the things that kickboxing uh, taught me is visualization. Mm. And with that, I mean, so I would get on the mats and I would be so nervous. So it'd feel like heat was literally just vaporizing it, coming off of my shoulders and my head and my back. And I would get on the mats and my arms and legs would be like lead. I couldn't move. And I was like, why is this happening? I'm so fit in training. I, I'm fitter than everyone else. I do more work than everyone else. Why am I so tired every time I get into mats? And one day, I just was like, oh, I'm not even going to bother warming up. I don't want to know. I just went to sleep. I went to sleep and woke up. Someone was like, Christian, Christian, you're on. Get up, quick. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I got on the mats and I was brilliant. I was like, oh my God, this is just like training. Everything's so easy. And then I realized it was because I wasn't nervous. I, I didn't have time to lose all this mm, emotional mm. energy yeah. before I fought. So I started working on meditation, breathing exercises, and various visualization exercises before I fought to keep myself in a very calm, relaxed state. Cool. And this started to work really well. And then I started to be able to implement this without so much time of concentration i could be walking around and just completely control my emotional state just at a thought wow and this was a very powerful tool and i developed tools for myself to do this very quickly wow could so, you kind of walk through the process of doing that it sounds like a, a phenomenal technique well i mean with, with a, with, with, when I was doing it as fighting, it would be very, very simple. I would just have to spend 30 seconds thinking of exactly how the fight was going to start, and another 30 seconds thinking about exactly how the fight was going to finish. Wow. And I was like, this is how this, this, is how this conversation is going to start, and this is how this conversation is going to finish. Nice. And one of, the, one of the other most important things kickboxing taught me is start strong, finish strong. No one cares about the middle. Wow. Uh, uh, and this is the same with any sort of conversation you have with someone, any pitch you want to do in business, anything, anything you want to write. If the start is good and the end is good, that's what people remember. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. People lose concentration in the middle. They don't care. It's just, <laughs> oh, that's, that's going on. Yeah, okay. And they're thinking about dinner or they're yep. thinking about you know, themselves. Or We always have these little the monkey mind, the chatter going on. Yeah, I wonder what. Yeah, so the listeners are with us right now. What What does that say? Where are you right now in the listening cycle of this episode? Tune back yeah. in if you're flicking through Facebook. Get back with us. <laughs> yeah, completely. I mean, when I'm doing all of my research at the moment, I have to constantly do that. Sometimes I catch myself and I'm reading. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I've just read for the last two pages. Yeah. So I have to go right back. Oh, okay, what am I reading? And now I I don't bother doing anything for longer than. 10, 20 minutes at a time without putting the phone down or putting the computer away or putting whatever I'm doing down and away and just having a little to think about what, something else and then keeping myself inspired every time I'm reading so I've got 100% concentration on exactly what I'm doing so I only have to read it once mm. and when I'm reading it, I'm reading it super fast and taking loads in and it's all just working and you're in that flow state 
Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. You're, you're operating within your kind of body's natural your, or your mind's natural cycles. Yeah. As soon as you find yourself, your, your attention span is drifting off, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's drifting off. Mm-hmm. Go with it. Notice it. See it. Are you tired? Are you falling asleep? Are you doing this? Just be aware of what your body's doing. Be aware of what your mind needs. Go and fill that need. And then come back to doing what you're doing 100%. Be concentrated. Absolutely. You know? And this is, again, most, it's always, so when we're in fighting, it was always the fighter that was looking, that could see, focused, that was concentrating, the fighter that would win. Mm. You know? If you weren't looking where you're going, you know, uh, you're going to walk into a pole sooner or later. It's a good lesson itself. Yes. So, so, so how, I mean, where did you tra- yeah. when, how did you transition from kickboxing then, Christian, to, into doing what you do now? What were the, what were well, the steps in between? I, I, was, I was a coach and a fighter at the same time. So I was coaching other people to do the same thing I was doing. And I was uh, helping other people because martial arts gave me so much. I wanted to give back. So originally I started as a martial arts coach. And I was teaching kids and I was teaching adults. And I was doing personal, and I went and got a personal trainer degree, a sports massage degree, and I thought, yeah, let me give back to people, let me help people. So I went away, got my education, came in, started helping people. Go, this is how I did it. This should work for you. And lo and behold, twenty percent results at best. I was like, oh, why? Why? Is, what, what's happened? Wow. Why isn't this working? Mm. Oh, okay. Let's change this a little bit. So I use some intuition, change things around. Oh, 30% results. Okay. Still not working. I need to go and find out why it's not working. So then I searched nutrition. You know, the first step people normally go into. Yeah. Okay, people, people aren't. What's working for me isn't working for them. These are some reasons why it could be. No one can give me a straight answer. Why one food works for one person and another food doesn't work for another. Mm. They couldn't ever give me a straight answer. I had to find this out myself a lot later. Wow. And uh, so I went around and found the best information I could, come back, improve the results I was getting, but still not 100%. And I was like, okay, why can't I get 100% results? So then I was like, ah, people are saying one thing and doing another. Yeah. Their mindset. Absolutely. Oh, I studied psychology. So, okay, I picked up psychology books. I went and learned, I went and learned from the best people, the best influencers that I could see at the time. Uh, I emulated other people who were good at what that, what, what that thing was the psychology was and I, I started bringing in a lot of my more of my meditation techniques and mindset techniques and bring them together and setting up actual processes to take people through and again results improve but mm. they still weren't really above 50 percent yeah and i was like well they're doing the exercise they're eating right their mind is in a good place but at least some people just aren't getting the results or you'd also get people for instance one of, the, one of my biggest gripes for a long time, until I, until I started studying neurology, was I would have someone that could do a squat really well, but then couldn't do a roundhouse kick. Bizarre. But the, the, problem, the roundhouse kicks, uh, so but this, the, the particular thing with this would be, is the problem in the roundhouse kick would be caused by a certain muscle, let's say the sartorius muscle, which your listeners might not know, but it's the <laughs> muscle that basically pulls your knee inwards. Okay. Almost in a, in a, if you're in a squat position or if you're in a kicking position, it would drag your knee inwards. So this action would be the same. So if this muscle was tight and if this muscle had a problem, a, in a squat, your knee should fall in. And in a kick, your knee should fall in. should be both the same. Okay. But it wasn't. Wow. And this would happen countless times. Everyone. They would be able to do – their muscle would work fine in one motion but not in another. It's like, why is this the case? Why does this happen this way? Mm, good question. It took, it took me five years to actually find someone who could give me a straight answer. Wow. And to, this is exactly what it is. This is why it happens. This is what happens. And even today, that information is not well known. In fact, it's, very, it's, it, it, it's hardly known at all. When I start talking about neurology to people, they have no idea where, where I've got this from, where I'm yeah. talking about. I mean, uh, people often give me too much credit i think uh, it's like i i just i just went out and listened to some really smart people they're the smart people that have actually found this out and created this wow you know i'm just going okay this is the right information now i use it, it it's really that simple but uh so again i was getting say 50 percent results and as i came towards more of the end of my fighting career i became more involved in education and i i 
I set up a training provider company. So I was the first ever martial arts syllabus to be set up in the fitness industry. Wow. So I had a and I had a holiday and that had a holiday camp sort of uh, company attached to it as well. Amazing. And then eventually I got investment in my own gym, and uh, I opened my own gym. Cool. So I had some I had some really great successes there. Uh, in fact, again, op- uh, in fact, one of the most pivotal moments in my life was probably the gym, um, and the, the reason for that is I had to close it. It didn't work. Wow. Uh, for various reasons, uh, trouble with investors, mm. uh, so that that sort of thing, and you know I was on my back and I was absolutely absolutely destroyed. I bet. Um, and it took me about a year to recover. Wow. You know, to, to get back up and go out and do stuff. And again, this is when I threw myself hugely back into education. You know, I looked in the mirror at the end of the at the end of the year. I was like, okay, I opened my gym and I was more intelligent than most trainers. I was on on the, I was above the curve. I was creating something. I was sort of, I was at the forefront of the of, of, of the industry. I looked at the mirror a year, a year after the gym closed, and I was like, I just saw myself uh, another random personal trainer drifting into a sea of, uh, ever growing sea mm. of other trainers, mm-hmm. coaches. In, into a dying industry and I really didn't like that I was like that's not me right it's not congruent with who I am inside absolutely you know because I know because I had the winning experience I was absolutely, like no, yeah. I, know, I know I'm over here why what am I doing I'm wasting my time I'm on the couch and you know uh, again give myself a little bit of an asking <laughs> and I mean the, the thing the most important thing for people to know is no matter how well you prepare no matter how good you are, no matter if you do everything the right way, sometimes life is just going to knock you on your ass for no apparent reason because that's the way it is. Mm. And it's just about getting back up and getting back on with it. And it just depends how long it's going to take you to do that. But the important thing I had on my side was the experience that I knew that I was here. This is me. This isn't me. And I need to get back over there. Good man. So the first first thing I did is I surrounded myself with uh, like-minded individuals who were challenging and pushing themselves because then I had nowhere to hide. I took away every ounce of space there was to hide and just shone a light on myself and I was like, okay, you're not, you're not proud of being like this. The more people can see you being like this, the less you're going to be like this. So I knew myself how to motivate myself, how to get myself into the best possible space to take the next step forwards and take the next step forwards and move on. But yes, I mean, this is this is a big part of you know how, uh, how I motivate myself is I put myself in a position where I can't hide. Good, that's good. Great you know, advice. Because, yeah, because if if you can hide and if you can deny it and if human condition is to delete, generalize, and distort. Mm. If you give yourself that opportunity, you will do it. And it's not, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a problem. It's just what we do. It's the human condition. And at the same time, I gave myself an asking thing. At the same time, I push myself hard and I take away my hiding places. I also give myself, uh, you know, I give myself credit. I give myself time i give myself i don't uh, i give myself like a, a little bit of leeway sometimes i go okay you know you've done all this just you know you're obviously tired take a step back a few seconds you know just mm-hmm. like same when uh, actually it's another lesson from fighting you know there's no point going hell forever for, for one minute 30 seconds and then getting knocked out in the last 30 seconds you're right yeah as you said the end the end is what matters yeah, yeah. 20 seconds in 10 seconds off 20 seconds in 10 seconds off just, uh, just intervals, intervals of pressure. Nice. But then when you, but then when you're doing your stuff, do your stuff properly. And when you don't do it, rest. When you're not doing it, rest and rest properly. Awesome. You know, don't, don't half do everything. Absolutely. So I'm really this, you know, obviously discovering the neurological side of things. I'm really keen to kind of dive into what that means and the impact that's yeah. had, had for you personally. And could you just kind of give a primer and introduction in terms of what it, what it's all about, and uh, we can delve into some of the some of the intricacies. 
Yeah, well, there's there's two elements to this. Let's let's start with the the true neurological element, and then if we've got time, we can go into sort of the environmental, uh, more biophysical, uh, biophysics side of things, which is also very important and comes into great detail with the neurology as well. So, when we're thinking about neurology, we're thinking about what is neurology. It's basically your nervous system. Now, what your nervous system does is it communicates information from your environment to your brain. And then your brain can make decisions to act appropriately. Got it. So if we think about three nerve endings in your skin, which are receptors to mm. your environment, they receive information from different stimulus. So some of them receive pressure, some of them receive, uh, what, for lack of a better word, pain, which we have various names for different types of uh, nociception. And there's various different types of nociceptors, which receive different types of information, which most common people would consider pain, yeah. although pain is technically just an interpretation of information from your receptors to your brain that, that travel through your amygdala and insula, which are two, part, uh, two organs in your brain, and then uh, whatever information they deem is painful, then you will feel pain. But until that, it's just a neurological response, yeah. say a withdrawal response. It's, crazy. it's actually not pain until part of your brain decides it's pain. That's why pain is so relative Yes. Yeah, to everyone. Everyone feels a different level of pain because their system, their, their signals in their system are causing different responses in their body personally to their unique individual situation. So we've got these receptors feeding our brain information and if you can imagine, you, if you can imagine, um, you, your your brain receives three phone calls, yeah. uh, and they all have conflicting information. So one says you're in a dark room, one says you're in a light room, <laughs> the other one says you're in a forest. Got it. You know, they're like the brain goes, well, what's, what's all this about? It puts the phone down, and all of them stops listening. Yeah. And then once you get, once you start getting this disruption in communication channels between the brain and the receptors of the body. It, it's, it then becomes difficult to function properly because it's losing information from those areas. So if that receptor is not sending good information to the area and the, and the brain is not listening to that area, that area can now not react to your current environment appropriately. Got it. So another way to look at this is if we say a very common problem is lower back pain. Yeah. Now, people with lower back pain very commonly have tight hamstrings. I see. So... Most people's answer is, well, oh, you have tight hamstrings, let's stretch your hamstrings. For me, stretching is a waste of time. And I say this for a very good reason. Okay. Tell me I'm and, interested. Yes. So if you think about stretching, okay, if your hamstrings are tight, why are they tight? Did the elasticity of the, of the muscle suddenly disappear? Mm, good point. Have you, have you become like an old rubber band? <laughs> I mean, there, for me, there's very, very few people that have lost the elasticity of their muscles that much that they can't achieve a good range of motion, if not a fantastic range of motion. Mm. You think of every single response in the body as having one job and one job only, and that's to keep you alive. Yes. Generally through movement, away from pain away from a problem and towards a compensation. That's all the body is trying to do all the time. Mm. So if your hamstrings are tight, why are they tight? They're tight because they're keeping you from a greater evil. So when you try and do a movement and it goes, nope, you're not going any further, what is that feeling? What is that stretching feeling you actually feel? What it actually is is a muscular contraction. So yes. when you try and stretch your hamstrings and you get to a certain end range, that's not your hamstring running out of range of motion or running out of elasticity. It's that's your hamstring contracting and saying, no, we're not going any further. So why does it not want to go any further? Again, because it's protecting you from a greater evil. The problem mm. isn't like hamstring. The problem, that's the solution. So again, what I said at the beginning, I put to you, now, if our body is always trying to find solutions, the best solution to the bad situation that we've put it in, Ask yourself the question about other other problems that we face, other diseases that we face. In fact, there's anecdotal evidence. I found I'm still looking into this a bit more, 
but I found anecdotal evidence to show that diabetes could actually be an epigenetic, epigenetic condition um, that used to help us survive hibernation. Wow. Wow. So if you look at diseases like that or, or conditions like that and say, wow, that's actually something pre-programmed in the body to help us survive an extreme condition. It's just our environments have now changed so much so quickly that our body can't evolve or keep up in the same way. Wow, that's crazy. So remember, the, the body loves you. It's never doing anything to harm you. It's just making the best of a bad situation. Yes. So how do we then find the root of the problem? Well, so you'll, you'll find uh, with, with neurology, it's, it's very hard to test outside a lab unless you use this one particular tool, which is manual muscle testing. But the problem with manual muscle testing is it's not so, uh, it, it's not so subjective, very objective. So if you, if you put a muscle under strain, you have to be very skilled at understanding what a neurological lock feels like and what a weak muscle feels like. Uh, weak muscle is generally very obvious. Then we also start to come into other terms like hypertonicity where the muscle can't inhibit. So inhibit means uh, relax. And you also get um, variations where uh, the muscle's strong and can relax and then, or variations where the muscle just can't, can't contract properly at all. So that doesn't mean you can't move that muscle. Hmm. That doesn't mean that muscle has no contractile strength. That just means that the rest of the body will be trying to compensate to make that muscle work as least as possible. It. it means there's a lack of neurological ability to fire those fibers. So we talk, people talk in the, in the fitness industry about sleepy glutes all the time. Well, what do you think it is? Your glutes failing to fire. It doesn't mean they don't work. It doesn't mean you can't walk. It just means they're not firing very well. Ah, oh, it makes sense. But it's, uh, it's people's ability to understand new concepts. And once you start challenging the paradigm of an old concept that's been accepted and, uh, and everyone thinks that, that that's normal, that's fine, they stick their flag in the ground and go, I believe in this, this is okay, this makes me feel safe. Yeah. And you start going, okay, now, now I'll think about this. And then they go, no, no, but if I think about this, I have to let go of this flag mm. and I'm safe here. Mm. Uh, so... You, you do get a problem when, when you, you come up with this, with this new type of information in, in, in the old world. Yeah, people have resistance because, uh, to it. Yeah, you, you challenge a lot, of, a lot of paradigms. But, I mean, everything I've said so far makes sense, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So when we, when we look at doing muscle tests, we elicit certain stimulus, whether it be pressure response, rubbing, fine touch, uh, auditory response, even you move in movement of your eyes to certain areas. These are all neurological responses, and we measure those responses through muscle testing. Okay. We pair them up. We do something called paired stimulus, which is just, just about being proven. So <clears throat> there was um, a study that's been done. They're just writing up study as it is now thankfully i have an inside track so i know nice. <laughs> uh, it's been done and it's been successful so we've now proved paired receptor theory which means that the receptors of of certain uh well the, the receptors over the body will when they become dysfunctional will pair to another receptor uh again like i said before we move away from a primary problem and towards a secondary conversation so you'll physically get receptors pairing from the primary problem to a secondary conversation. So what they're trying to move away from and towards, mm. and what they're trying to use and not use to balance a signal in the brain. So you, you've got, uh, we, we, we pair receptors, and then we elicit what's called a DTR, or a deep tendon reflex. And a deep tendon reflex is like when the, the doctor hits your knee, and yep. you have a, nittle, a knee jerk. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so this basically sends a, a quick short loop reset between the tendon that you hit, the, the central nervous system or the spine, and back to the tendon. And for some reason, this seems to reset receptors. Okay. Now, at any means, we don't say that this is the only way to reset receptors, but this is a common way. There's, uh, once you start looking at neurology or functional neurology in the way uh, we've been looking at it, you actually see the reasons why a lot of other therapies work. Hmm. So, for instance, rubbing deep pressure 
are actually two variations of what we call an anti-stimulus. So it decreases the signal of certain receptors in the body. So you can imagine if you go for a massage and you feel great for 10 minutes, you, know, you, you go for a massage, you feel great, you get up, you walk around, you feel great. An hour later, two hours later, things start to come back, things start to niggle again. Two days later, everything's back to normal. Yeah. Does that, that sound familiar? It does sound familiar, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, now we know why. So hence, I used to be a massage therapist. So I used to be a sports massage therapist, I used to be a personal trainer, and I stopped doing all this stuff. So I realized it was a waste of my time. Like, active muscle release, all these other therapies, all these other things, they work, and the science is correct, but they don't know why they work, and they can't get a result every time. Yeah, it's not, it's not, if you, not if you go for a massage, and they put the right pressure in two places at the same time, and you twit and you blink, the blink is a, a deep tendon reflex, or if you move your arm, that's if you move your elbow, that could be a deep tendon reflex. You jerk your knee, you move your ankle. All these things count as deep tendon reflexes. Wow. So, so what, 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 is, what are some of the practical applications of this then? So how, how can people uh, ah, well, take this on board? It's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, I had one of the most amazing things I had to actually change someone's eyesight once with this. Um, how do you mean? Uh, he, he came in to me and he said, I've actually got a video testimonial up um, on my YouTube channel. Wow. Uh, this guy, this guy called Virgis. And uh, he came in to me with problems with his lats. He's saying that he's a big guy. He's, he's a coach. He's a big guy. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, just have problems with my lats. One of them, they're just not activating. They're just common. I'm doing, uh, what he, he could do like over 10 wide grip pull-ups. But it's only his biceps are working. Right. Like going, okay, let's have a look. So he come in, he's telling me stories. Like I had this big scar on the back of his head from, his, from brain surgery when he was younger. Like, okay, let's look at that. So I started to mess around with that. And I found that he, he had uh, a pressure-orientated problem around the scar tissue wow. of his head that was causing um, a massive stress response in his body, so much so that his adrenal glands were actually um, struggling to keep up with the amount of hormones he was having to produce uh, to keep to keep all the signals running. My goodness. So he 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 always woke up early and then finished work about two three o'clock. He's like, I don't like working after that because I'm tired. No wonder. Okay. Yeah. 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 No wonder. So I I I reset this and automatically his lats changed. And then for the next three days he was wrecked. He was like in bed. He was out of it. He said, I don't know what's happened. And then on day three he got up. He said, Oh, I've got energy suddenly. Nice. He said, oh. And then day four, he, he went to read something and he picked something up and he was like, whoa, what the hell is this? He suddenly said, he, he explained it like in 20-20 vision. He's like, suddenly I, had, I was like an eagle. I could see everything. And what happened was there within the problem, within the list of problems that was all being affected by this, uh, by this pressure receptor in the back of his head was part one of his cranial nerves, his optic cranial nerve. So wow. his eyesight was actually being impinged by this problem. I mean, that's one of the more miraculous changes that people can have. But I mean, you, you, when you're looking at neurology, you can affect cranial nerves, you can affect uh, in digestion, you can affect uh, energy levels, you know, physical pain. Uh, I've seen physical pain of people being removed in seconds. Wow. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's just, like I said, pain is an interpretation of your brain. So if you go straight to the boss and go, okay, change this, change this, that's not painful anymore. And they go, oh, okay, it's not painful anymore. You've stopped feeling pain. It's crazy. So, so you know, Britain is full of, and I'm sure, you know, I've got listeners in 90 plus different countries on the show. Uh, you know, just walking around with various ailments and pains just seems to be the norm. Uh, yeah. Are you saying this type of treatment could um, get to the cause and, you know, create people, create greater, much greater ease for people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, 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 it's uh, when, we, when we're using functional urology, it's it's such a powerful tool. Um, I mean, and this is only one tool I use. This is again, I I don't like saying, oh, this is the best thing for everything. <laughs> it never turns out to be true. Every single uh, piece of fitness equipment on the market, every single te- piece of technology equipment on the market, everything everyone sells, they always want to tell you it does everything. I mean, it will it will. It'll, feed, it'll walk the dog, it'll feed the kids, it'll turn the TV on for you, you know, it'll give you a six-pack, you'll have, you'll have tons of energy, you're going to be a millionaire, uh, just buy this thing, uh, just do this thing. 
It's not true. No, it's not a cure-all. There's no, there, there's, there's no one cure-all. With neurology, it's a very, very powerful tool. And what I would say is being in pain is not normal. Having a headache is not normal. Having a sore foot is not normal. Elbow, elbow ache after you work out, that's not normal. You know? Mm. Pain is not normal. Why, why have we been indoctrinated for so long to think that we just, it's just okay? You're just tolerating just, it, yeah, just accepting yeah, it. Yeah, we just tolerate it, we just live with it. That's it, that's your life now. Sorry. In fact, one of the reasons why I retired from fighting was because I got a hip injury. And everyone I went to said, well, you know, we don't know what's wrong with you. Sorry, you just have to live with it. And I went, nope, I don't accept your answer. I'm going to go over here and find out someone so that I get, a, get another opinion. And I keep moving around, keep moving around until I found an answer and got rid of pain. Absolutely. I live my life like that. Yeah, I refuse to accept the norm if it doesn't suit me. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Stubborn, some people say, but uh, <laughs> I just say it's uh, smart, you know. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing how, how much pain people just put up with because they think that's the way it should be. That's crazy. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm still yet to find a limitation with functional neurology or the, the system that I particularly use is called uh, PDTR, proprioceptive deep tendon reflex. And uh, there's the practitioners uh, all over the world. I'm not the only guy doing this. So uh, mainly in the US, Australia and the UK, there's, but there's a few people throughout Europe as well that do this. And again, it's just an amazing practice. But it's quite an emerging. Anyone, is it quite an emerging field, or what's the? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I'd say it's it's going to be it's fairly. It's it's been in the US for a long time, but I think more in Europe. It's 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 fair, it's emerging very rapidly at the moment in Europe. It's crazy. I can uh, think of, I can think of so many people who could, every time I see them are perpetually moaning about some condition. I'm thinking <laughs> I'm just going to send them all to you. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, more than happy to help. Let's, let's get this handled because. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm even thinking uh, about. Some of the stuff, I bet you could take one look at the way I my posture and think, right, there's stuff going on there. We can, uh, we can get if, if you're if you're good at seeing things, you can see it every time you go, okay, just like uh, stick your hand out and just push down on their hand, and you can see them, and they'll like twitch their neck or they blink their eye or they do something, and they, and this is a conversation, so they they're able to do the movement, you know, and it's what the body's doing. The body's constantly compensating for something. The reason why you sit cross-legged is because you're decreasing a problem and in, or increasing a conversation. The reason why you, you lean onto one side or that you always cross your arms in the same way or that you always put your hand on your stomach when you lie down, everyone has those twitches and they all, everyone's twitches are different and unique. One of the most fantastic things about the body is we're all built with the same stuff. We all have the same gene, uh, gene, gene code. But due to epigenetics and due to life, we're all programmed slightly differently to, to be that unique. Wow. None of us are different, but all of us are amazingly different at the same Absolutely. time. Yeah, yeah. One, one, of the, one of the reasons why I love uh, quantum physics is because it fits, with this prop, uh, it fits with this property. Humans are the same and yet uh, fantastically unique. How can you be both things at the same time? you look at something like the double slit experiment um, for quantum physics where light acts as both a particle and a wave just depending on whether you're observing it or not you know that's what that's the world we live in these these things are possible these things are real it's just people's acknowledgement and awareness of it absolutely I mean, Christian, there's, there's, there's so many things that I just want to dive into. I, you know, what you and I talked about beforehand, we might need to do two parts. I think we definitely need yeah. to do two parts. We're coming up for time and there's so many things I just yeah. want to dive into. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, what I would, would really like to cover, actually, so if we do a part two, would be uh, light, stimulus, water, magnetism, uh, uh, and cold therapy as well. Another, another big thing... Uh, I, I very much adhere to is cold thermogenesis and that's a huge thing. I mean, if you want to know how to lose tons of fat, I mean, immensely fast and completely change the way your hormones and not only are produced, but react in your body. It's one of the most fantastic tools and light again, light controls every single hormone within your body. Uh, so it's it, it, envir the environmental stimuluses and environmental stresses that we face on a day-to-day -day basis on those levels of biophysics and how that connects in with the neurology.
that's another big big topic of conversation that would be very interesting to have absolutely i think that would probably be quite a nice little cliffhanger to leave people on because that for me i'm, <laughs> I'm already i'm already hooked on that i'm thinking right let's get into that um but bef- before we kind of we're coming up to time um yeah. in terms of the way you work right now i know we, we talked about um uh, i'd like to i'd like you to just to share a little bit about how you operate right now in terms of you know if people wanted to find out more about you and how you work um how can they do that uh well um the best way to get in touch with me is either through my facebook or through my website um so my website is eqtransformations.co.uk and i've got uh my facebook page which is equilibrium transformations or my personal facebook page which is just my name christian thompson um they're great ways to get hold of me uh now what i do with the website is it's a membership site so you there's a free membership where you can go on and uh, access my blog my written blog which will have 90% of the material I write goes on there anyway yeah um, there's stuff obviously held back for the higher level membership yeah uh, that's a bit more specific and that uh, you know sometimes people need to be talked through a bit more and some of the more uh, detailed stuff uh, and in that free membership, I also give away some uh, really cool little uh, little extras, downloadables like uh, my ebook, uh, Eat Like a Superhuman. Nice. And also another another thing is my seven secrets to tap into your superhuman, which includes uh, how to have limitless energy, how to get the best sleep, how to uh, mitigate jet lag, for instance. It's just, it's just, it's just mind blowing. I mean, I, I said to Christian before the show that you know I allocated an hour to prep for. I got three back to back interviews for the show today, and um, I just got, I was just immersing. I got, I got the diamond, the diamond level package, and I'm just immersing myself in the content. It's just so much fascinating material in there, um, and so much new stuff. You know, I'm, a, I'm an enthusiast when it comes to the whole concept of becoming superhuman. I've spent a lot of time, especially around the field of developing energy, and you know physical transformation I've, I've spent a lot of time and invested a lot of a, a lot of uh, financial resources and time resources to learn this stuff for myself just because i'm fascinated and there was just stuff in there that blew my mind that i would never even come across so it's just a fantastic platform and you know like i said there's just so many areas that i would love to, to get into with you and it's the the, the the membership site is packed full of this just well enormous. i'll tell you when when i've got um i i, I have a few events that have been and gone that I've got recordings of that we should I should definitely let you let you get hold of as well and I mean people can always purchase those recordings or if you're part of the diamond membership the biggest membership you get them for free um so just to finish off the memberships quickly uh there's two other memberships the gold and diamond package the gold you get access to the video library which uh, uh is plenty of stuff uh, so uh there's over 50 exercises that will be uh, on that library and that's that's always growing i'm constantly filming new stuff and putting more and more stuff up there along with uh, a ton of uh, different workout programs and other bits and pieces there a neurological library so i do explain some of the neurological science and, and some of the biophysics and environmental science as well uh, mindset library so there's various other little little clips on that so the video library is quite extensive and, and a very nice thing and that's uh, very very cheap as well for people uh, and then you've got the diamond package where you get full access to all the site, all the downloadables, all the webinars, all, all the event recordings. Uh, you get extra discount for any events I throw on. So you can come uh, come and uh, pay less to actually come and see me live. Awesome. Uh, and also you get access to a uh, Facebook um, uh, private group. So you can actually troubleshoot and ask me questions directly make sure you're getting the most out of the site and and like you know some of the stuff is, is complex you know it's like you've got, most people will have questions yeah so uh and especially to get the most out for you and make it specific and then there's other people on the on obviously the other members who have been there longer often can help you and answer questions as well and it's about creating a like-minded environment uh for people to grow as a as a group and help each other you know because that's one of the biggest things I found in my past where I did everything alone and then I, I ended up crashing hugely. So after I lost the gym, I realized I, you know, it's not that I can't do everything on my own because I did it. And then something went wrong. It was unfortunate. That's by the by. But 
when stuff does go wrong, you need other people around you. Otherwise, you just fall apart. And I think that's one of the biggest things, one of my biggest motivations for setting up the membership site as a group orientated thing yeah, is because I think, I think, you know, doing things together, uh, knowledge share is, is the main reason we're here today. The main reason we've evolved at this point It's the original reason for human beings gathering in groups is to sit around a fire and share what they knew so they could survive longer. Absolutely. You know, so that is the original part of becoming superhuman is knowledge share. So, uh, yeah, with the Diamond membership, you have the added extra benefit of a community as well. Yes, yeah, invaluable. Especially if you know, you've got people who are all after the same thing. For me, that's so powerful. And yeah. I've had some people on the show recently talking about their membership. They specialize specifically in creating these kind of membership programs. And just have my mind blown about the power of them. Um, and definitely, yeah. definitely going to be looking into the, the membership program for, for Unstoppable next year as well. Um, it's just that the community side is, is the most powerful thing. It's those connections that you make, the daily interaction with the people that can help you. It's, it's that's where the power is. You know, information can be found everywhere, but it's the implementation and the support that makes the the biggest difference. I, I, I believe. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it, it's it's a it's a huge thing, and uh, you you don't know until you until you're in one, as well. That's that's the other thing. Well, you you can be like I used to be, you know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't need anyone. I can do it myself. But people just, you know, even if you don't agree with people, they're still going to help you. Absolutely. You know, and and that's that's the other thing. It's okay to disagree with people, but and it's okay to take knowledge of people that you think that's right about them, but that's wrong. You know, that's that's exactly what I've done my entire life. I've gone and found people and I go, you're really smart at this, but you're really wrong about this. So I go, this was good, and I'm going to take that, and I'm going to move on and find someone else who has a better answer for the other thing I don't like your answer for. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the only way we can really grow. So how can people get access to the, the, the programs, Christian? Uh, right. We just basically just uh, go online, go onto the website. Um, if, you, if you go onto the homepage itself, which will be the first page you're, you're allowed onto, because um, you can't really access most of the other site without uh, at least becoming a free member. Yeah. So if you go on to the, the homepage, scroll, uh, you'll scroll down, you'll see how it works, you'll see some testimonials uh, or, or what other people are saying about the group and about uh, my private coaching as well. Yeah. And, uh, and then you'll get to different packages and it'll all lined out what you get in them, a little explanation about what they are, and then you can just click on the Become Superhuman button and Become Superhuman. Absolutely. That is the goal. That is the goal. Become, uh, becoming superhuman is certainly uh, yeah. one of my aspirations in, in 2017. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and, uh, you and me both, matey, and, uh, and a few others too, I'm sure. Absolutely. So um, to, to finish off, I've just got kind of two quick fire questions, which I ask all of my yeah. guests at, at, the, at, the, at the end of the show. The, f- the first one is... Um, what is what 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 mentor or book or or source of information has been the most influential on your journey so far? Mm. Um, I would say, in terms of books, the probably the most it is a difficult one because I, I've got a poem that I that is my affirmation every morning. It's the thing I read every morning, so it's my future self, uh, and it's the poem if. Cool. Um, but if you were going to say a book particularly, it would be uh, The Alchemists by Paolo oh, Cal- wow. uh, Cal- Cal- Yes, because wow. that that book particularly reminded me that I was going to be okay no matter what. Yeah, it's a magical book, that one. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I had it on my reading list for so, so long, but I had in my mind this vision that I would one day find this beautiful hardcover version of it. And yeah. um, I just happened to walk past this... Um, charity bookstore in bristol where i live and i just felt compelled to go in and i hadn't been thinking about the book and i thought as soon as i walked in there i thought ah i must see if they have a copy of uh, the alchemist and i I went and found it it was the it it was i'd never seen the cover but the book was the exact book that i kind of pictured in my mind and i i bought the book and i just plowed through it and it was just a mind-blowing book i absolutely devoured that book it was so so powerful believe it or not i'm not a very big reader but um, yeah, that book is just on a different level. 
it's like uh, I, I normally pick up fiction and I'm like, oh, or or or, or even e- even books within my own field, I, I struggle to read. I'm just like, oh, bored now. It's not getting to the point fast enough. You're trying to sell me something, or you're trying to. I want. I just want the information. I want the facts. Yeah. I'm very straight to the point with most things. Yeah. But that book, I just it completely engrossed me in this story, and I just wanted to know. And I was just going through, and I was like, yes, yes, this, and yes, this, and there's making so many connections throughout. It just keeps your brain so active the whole way through. It's a fantastic book. Absolutely. So my final question is: I ask this every single guest. What does it mean to be unstoppable to you? Uh, three words come to mind. Or three things: pain-free, in the moment, and fun. Nice, great combination. They're, they're, yeah, they're to me the essence, uh, the, the essence of being unstoppable, and also the essence and what truly describes being superhuman. Amazing, amazing. Well, Christian, you are truly superhuman. You are unstoppable as well. This has been a fantastic episode. I've just learned so much. My mind is kind of just. There's so much we need to talk about. We definitely will do a part two if you're open for part two. I think that's enough people to start with, and then we'll we'll go and yeah. blow. We'll come back and blow their minds even more. Yeah, I think I think that was less than half the notes I had ready for this. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so watch out for part two. We will be back. There is so much for us to cover. Um, we're gonna have a very exciting second session um, as part of this uh, transformation series. It's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking with you and le- learning more about your journey and your background and your story and and some of the magical work that you're doing with your with your uh, clients. It's uh, it's mind blowing. Oh, thank you, thank you, Mitty. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you again for having me, and I look forward to part two. Absolutely. Well, my friends, I hope you are inspired to go out there and become superhuman, or at least pursue an optimized level of living. Christian and I stayed on the line for another twenty minutes after that recording, and we put together a plan for part two which we have now gone on to record, and it will be made available to you this Sunday before the solo round on Monday morning. So if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe the show so that you never miss a beat and you receive part two this weekend. And please do share this episode with others. On a quick personal note before we wrap up for the day, it's a primary goal of mine in 2017 to get this podcast into the ears of 1 million people this year. And I will need your help to get the word out there. So please do share this episode. Now, in order to to hit that big number, 1 million listeners this year, I know I need to continue to bring you quality guests, and I am very excited about who I've got coming up for you over the next couple of weeks, and I've reached out to some real major big players, so I cannot wait to see what comes of that, and as always, I would welcome your support and assistance in bringing new guests to the show, so if you have someone in mind that could come and blow you guys away, do please come and introduce them. You can contact me via the website, danjgregory.com. All the show notes for today's session will be found there at danjgregory.com forward slash 89. Um, Christian's got some amazing resources that he's going to share with you. So do come over to the show notes, danjgregory.com forward slash 89. You're going to want to check out those resources. And finally, thinking about this year, I've got a number of new programs and events I'll be putting out, which I know are going to be simply mind-blowing for clients who take part this is all based upon the feedback from some of my test groups from last year it's now about getting it out there in a big way and scaling so i can't wait to bring them out for you so at this time i just want to say thank you for listening i look forward to the next session on sunday in part two of the becoming superhuman session with christian thompson so until next time on sunday go out there unleash your greatness build your empire make your impact and live your ultimate life You are unstoppable.